Number one, they have their relationship with God on straight, amen, where they're following Jesus. But now they're learning practicals as well, practicals about finance. And we all know that finance, it can lead to a lot of strife sometimes, right? Yes. Uh, We didn't have any arguments this week about it. So amen about that. (laughs) But it can lead to so many different things if we don't know how to really be gracious about what God has done in our life. Amen. But it's, it's great being able to see that our future is well taken care of. God is, is laying the foundation for it. And today, I don't know where you've had, what kind of state you came in this morning. I don't know what kind of strength that you're coming in and worshiping God this morning on. Sometime when we come in here, we had a rough night. We didn't get to sleep much. We just barely made it here. Sometimes we've been drugged here. You know, somebody said, hey, man, I'm going to come pick you up. We're going to go have some breakfast, and then we'll hang out. And then after breakfast, we came, and now we're worshiping God together. You're like, hey, you didn't tell me we was going to church together, right? <laughs> Maybe that's you. Maybe you were looking forward to worshiping your God this morning. But no matter what boat that you are in, the topic today, I pray, is going to be perfect for where you're at in life. Because we're going to talk about being strengthened by God. No other strength is sufficient than God's. No other power, no other resource is enough to sustain us as in God, as in Jesus Christ. And as we have a time to be able to look at a a specific king here, We're going to look at King Asa. We're going to be able to examine a portion of his life and see how we can use his life, be able to use the strength test that he went through as king of Judah for 41 years, be able to see how we can use that in our own walk and start in our walk even, maybe for some, or strengthen it. So let's go to God in prayer, and then we'll be able to jump into the Word. Amen. And uh, actually, before we pray, if I can ask my brother Marvin, can you give me a a half a cup of water? Thank you, brother. You're a good man. All right. I think it's right over over here. All right. Let's go to God in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come to you this morning, I just thank you for cupbearers, God. Being able to have people here that's willing to serve uh, not only you, but those in your kingdom. Uh, I just thank you for Marvin and his uh, servant attitude and uh, being able to help me out uh, so I won't pass out, God. But I just pray for our time right now, that it be time that we can focus on where our strength comes from and if it is coming from you. Because, God, you have enough strength for every single one individual here. And I just pray that we can seriously Grab hold of the power that you have and be able to learn from a king's life what it truly is to rely on your strength. We just thank you again for giving us life, God. We thank you again for giving us the opportunity to be convicted by your word so that we can turn to you if we're not following you right now in our life and make you Lord of our life before you come back and make us Lord or make 
us serve you. We thank you again, and all those who pray in Son Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Marvin. Give it up for Marvin Mahomes here. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Some people just know how to serve, amen? amen. If y'all can turn with me to Second Chronicles chapter 16. This verse here, we were at camp last month. I think that was last month. Yeah, back in June. And I was able to share this passage with the teens here. Because this passage is by far one of my favorite, actually my favorite, my favoriteest passage. Because it tells me that I don't have to rely on my own strength. And that there is a power, there is a creator out there that is looking to strengthen me on one condition. In 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, it reads, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. He ranged through the, all the earth, all through the U.S., all through Texas, through Oklahoma, from L.A. to New York, overseas to Europe, to Africa, to Asia, down to Australia, down to even Antarctica, for those few people that are there waiting for God. He ranges throughout all the earth to strengthen those who what? Who are totally committed to him. I love this passage because that tells me about God is that he's a seeking God, amen? Amen. He's a God that has interest in me. And one of the seven billion people here on this earth, he's looking and trying to find someone who is wanting to commit to him. And he ranges throughout the earth. He's examining our minds. He's examining our hearts. He's examining our actions, looking at our past so that it can help propel our future into him. We have a God, amen, that loves us, amen? We have a God that wants to strengthen us. And for someone that's not too strong, physically, especially physically, you know, I'm about 180 pounds here. It's plenty of men and maybe even women that's stronger than me, <laughs> right? But knowing that I can get my strength from God, that flat out fires me up. Because now it don't matter how many push-ups I can do. It don't matter how many sit-ups I can do or how much I can bench press because God is going to be my provider, amen? amen? But he tells us, he's looking to strengthen those who are totally committed to him. Ponder that term, total commitment. It may be something in your life today that you're like, yes, I'm totally committed to this. I may be totally committed to my job. And being able to make money to, to take care of my family or take care of my own needs. I might be totally committed to it. I show up early. I don't take my full hour lunch break. I'm working there at the computer. I'm staying there late. 
trying to get ahead, we may be totally committed to our jobs. For some of us, it may be our family. I'm totally sold out for my family. I want to make sure that my kids have what they need. I want to make sure my spouse have exactly what she needs to be the helper that God wants us to be. Some of us, were just totally committed to ourselves, right? <laughs> You're like, you know what? If I don't love anybody, I know I love me, <laughs> right? <laughs> Sometimes that's the only thing, only person, only something we can be committed to is me. But God is not talking about any of those three, three things, right? He's talking about commitment to him. He's talking about being committed to his ways because his ways are much higher than our ways, amen? And sometimes it's just good to say that and say, okay, the pressure is not on me, it's on God, and he can handle it, amen? But he does require commitment from us. And we're going to be able to look at a king, as I mentioned earlier, King Asa. It says in 2 Chronicles 15, 17b, It said, Asa's heart was fully committed to the Lord all his life. So that would be a great example for us to dive into his life and see what kind of strength test that he have so that he can overcome, so that he could cling to God, so he can cling to the Lord all the days of his life. But I got a surprise for you guys. At the end of his story, it didn't end as the passage shares here. But don't read ahead. Read, read on with me, all right? But God gave King Asa two strength tests, two specific tests that he went through. And we're going to examine the first test of King Asa. So King Asa, just a little background. Uh, let me have you guys turn to Second Chronicles chapter 14. But as you guys are turning to Second Chronicles chapter 14, King Asa, he was the third king of Judah once the split happened. For those who don't know, Israel was one nation. But then because of sin, because of lack of commitment to God, they end up splitting to the Israelite nation and to Judah. And he was the third king once that split happened of Judah. And he reigned for 41 years. 41 years over Judah. And as we pick up here in 2 Chronicles chapter 8, we'll end up reading verse 8 through 15, but starting in verse 8, it says, Asa had an army of 300,000 men from Judah, equipped with large shields and with spears, and 280,000 from Benjamin armed with small shields and with bows. All these were brave fighting men. Zorah the Cushite marched out against them with a vast army in 300 chariots and came as far as Marashah. Asa went out to meet him, and they took up battle positions in a valley of Sephna near Marashah. So here, I'm going to stop for one quick second. So now we got a king that's going to battle, all right? That's setting up the stage here. He's coming to battle. 
he has his men, they have their shields, they have their swords, they're ready to go to battle. And now we're going to pick up here in verse 11 as far as his heart going into the battle of where his strength really comes from. In verse 11, 11, it says, Then Asa called to the Lord, his God, and said, Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, O Lord, our God, for we rely on you. And in your name, we have come against this vast army. O Lord, you are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. Very humble prayer. In verse 12, it says, The Lord, not King Asa, the Lord struck down the Cushites before Asa and Judah. The Cushites fled, and Asa and his army pursued them as far as Gera. Such a great number of Cushites fell that they could not recover. They were crushed before the Lord and his forces. The men of Judah carried off a large amount of plunder. We'll stop right there. Wow. I don't know if any of you guys have ever prayed a prayer it's like, God, you fight this fight for me. Let you do this. I don't know what to do. I don't have a sword. I don't have a shield. I don't have anything to take with me to this battle. Campus students, you make and relate very well for that. I remember plenty of stories of hearing campus students, me and myself, saying, I'm going to go to this test, and God, you're going to give me victory. Sometimes he does. Most of the time he doesn't, because if you don't prepare, (laughs) he don't just grant you victory all willy-nilly, right? But hopefully we are preparing it, man, campus students. But I love this story because it talked about the numbers. It started off with the numbers, right? How, how many men that King Asa had? How much help that he had? How much physical power that he had here on earth before he even walked into battle? And sometimes we can relate to that, right? We think about what we have to offer. And I love what uh, William, what he illustrated with that story, is that everything is God's, right? It's God's car. It's, it's, in this case, it's God's men, God's shields, God's swords. God give us the energy to fight. But God took it to another level, right? He said, you guys don't even have to fight because I'm going to give you victory. Total commitment. One thing that I've learned from King Asa from this story, this first strength test, is number one, he sought after the Lord. How often do we seek after God? Seek for his direction. Seek for his wisdom. When it comes to different things in our life, like our children, for those parents out there, do you seek after the wisdom of God when it comes to raising your children? Because sometimes what do we think? Is that God, you gave me these children, so I must take it upon myself to raise them. Do y'all think that sometimes? But sometimes we forget is that God will help you with the children as well, amen? And I know I have two children. I have two young children. And I know 
I need God's help until I'm taken to heaven one day. I have a strong conviction of that. And my wife, both of us have a very strong conviction of that. And parents, I want to talk to to the fathers especially. He sought after the Lord. Fathers, are we getting down on our knees and asking God for victory when it comes to our home? Is that something that we're doing? Is that something that characterizes us? As our wife looks at us, is that something they can say, yes, my husband is one that prays for our children, that uses the time that we have to teach them about life, to be able to teach them about the struggles, teach them how to handle victories even in our life. Because I'm sorry to say, we don't just learn it, right? We all know that. We know we just don't learn how to handle things by ourselves. But we need somebody to guide us. And fathers, I'm very encouraged because I know that each and every one of us are committed to God. But I also know that sometimes we get self-reliant. So let's decide, fathers, let's specific, specifically the fathers, to make sure that we're going and seeking after God. Amen? Amen. 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 Secondly, what do we see? He relied on the Lord. In verse 11, he said, Then Asa called to the Lord his God and said, Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rely on you. So reliance in the cell phone age, I have a new appreciation for the term reliance. So it who has a smartphone in here? I guess the other question, who has a dumb phone in here? <laughs> I still got a few. Amen. So they said I am not going to rely on technology. Amen. Cuz it can cripple you. But I've learned I leave my home Forgetting my keys sometimes. I forgot my PowerPoint this morning. I had to go back home and go grab it so I could give it to the AV team in the back. I forgot my jacket this morning. I was asking my wife, hey, can you bring that with you? But since I had to go back home and get my PowerPoint, I'm like, okay, never mind. I'll get it myself. I forgot my wallet before driving without a license. You can't. Okay, I already said it. Too late. But I never forget my cell phone. I've never. I mean, I rely on my cell phone so much now that I'm surprised God haven't broke that bad boy. Because he's like, hey, that's getting too close to idol worship. I understand reliance with this technology. Understanding that God wants us to rely on him like we do our cell phones, amen? At least for those with smartphones. For those that don't, then you have to fill in the blank with something else, right? (laughs) But how important it is to go to God in the morning, to go to God throughout the day, to let him sustain you, to let him give you victory, to let him really get in there and lead the charge. And as we end the day, relying on God even more. This is always a tough one. 
for me. Because I always think this is the folly that I have. Is that God has taught me all these years, so why do I need to go to him now when he's already taught me it? Can you guys relate? I think I've already attained the measure. I already think I have the wisdom. But King Asa showed me that I must always rely on God, even even if I think I know where I'm going to go already, to go to God, go to his people, and making sure he's making my path smooth. Amen? The last thing that we see with King Asa is that he received victory from God. So that's something that we don't have to try because God gives the victory. We still do try. We still rely. We still seek after God. But God is the one that gives victory. So this is the first exam. The two things I want to highlight is that seeking after God and relying on God shows my commitment, shows our commitment to God. Amen? But it didn't stop there. He had another test. This was early in his reign. And if we fast forward a few years to the 36th year of King Asa's reign, so he only had five more years, bless you, of leading king, the kingdom of Judah. But here in chapter 16, verse 1 through 5, we read earlier in 15, chapter 15, verse 17, that King Asa was totally committed to God all the days of his life. But then we read this, starting in verse 1 of chapter 16. It says, In the 36th year of Asa's reign, Basha, king of Israel, went up against Judah and fortified Ramah to prevent anyone from leaving or entering the territory of Asa, king of Judah. Asa then took the silver and the gold of the treasuries of the Lord's temple of his own palace and sent it to Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, who was ruling in Damascus. So this is a Gentile nation here. He's sending gold. He's sending silver and treasures to them. He said, let there be a treaty between me and you, as there was between my father and your father. See, I am sending you silver and gold. Now break your treaty with Basha, king of Israel, so he will withdraw from me. Ben Hadid agreed with King Asa and sent the soldiers of his forces against the towns of Israel. They conquered Ajan, Dan, Ebumam, and all the store cities of Naphtali. When Basha heard this, he stopped building Ramah and abandoned his work. So now we got a second test. The first test was characterized by reliance on God and seeking after God. And he got victory. This second test, totally different, right? What did he do? Instead of being reliant on God, seeking after God, he went to his own resources. And how often, when the troubling times come, when we know God has given us victory in the past, many a time, even sometimes we couldn't even explain it, that instead of doing what we know God wants us to do, 
we rely on our own treasuries. We go back to the things that God don't want us to be committed to. Our own power, our own so-called wisdom, our own strength. And instead of being totally committed to God, we turn the focus back on ourselves and sometimes even worse, to our enemies. King Asa knew the blueprint of passing the strength test. He knew what it was to have victory. And the crazy thing about this is that he still had victory, as we read, right? Sometimes God is such a great God that he gives us victory even though we don't deserve it. And sometimes what do we think? is like, oh, since he gave me victory, then I must have did things correctly. Since he gave me victory, and this girl or God likes me, but they don't know nothing about God, I'm going to have a relationship with them. Because it must be all right since I asked her to be my girlfriend and she said yes. God gave me the victory, so I'm going to do it. No. Sometimes even where we move, it's like, hey, man, I, I, know, I don't know anyone on the northwest side of Montana, but I'm going to go up there, take my family, go live there, and we're just going to worship God by ourselves without getting any advice from God or from his people. We change the dynamic of our family just because someone offered us a job. Sometimes just because we get victory, that don't mean that God wants us to go that way. Sometimes when we get that victory, we still need to lay it at God's feet and say, tell me, God, is this where you want me to go? As someone, you know, I love having the vets and the hoopers in our lives because I have someone that's gone where I'm trying to go. We got the vets that are a few, old, a few years older than us. We got the hoopers that are a few years older than us, right? Just a few, right? I don't need to do no math right now. But being able to help me and my wife go where we want to be. And God gives us his word. He gives us people that has been where we want to go so that we do not have to make the same mistakes that we see King Asa made. That he had the truth. He had the blueprint, but he chose to do something different. And I love this quote from Dwight Eisenhower. He says, our real problem then is not our strength today. It is rather the vital necessity of action today to ensure our strength tomorrow. Today is very important for us. Amen. We have so many opportunities to find our strength in God and to display that by our commitment to him. Today, what is something that you are having trouble committing over to God? What is it? What is it that is like, I, can't, I can give anything else, but God, please, please don't ask me for my job because I'm missing the fellowship with other disciples. God, please don't address this relationship because I like the way it makes me feel. 
God, don't put someone in my life that truly loves me because I don't want to open up and show others who I really am. So many different times we have ways to show God our commitment to him. And he's asking us, he's pleading with us, commit to me and I will give you the strength that you need. Commit to me and I will make the path straight for you. But we got to make that step. We have to use action today to propel us into tomorrow. And when the enemy is big, God is bigger. Amen. Amen. God is much bigger than any relationship, any job situation, any insecurities that we have in our own lives. God is bigger than it. So it boils down to practicals that I want us to boil down to. Number one, commitment. Commit to seeking after God. How important it is to seek after God. I want to highlight a, a sister uh, in here today, uh, Florice Diggs. Awesome sister. She got baptized, was that last month? About a month ago. And one thing I love about Florice is that she's someone who loves the Word of God. She loves it. And God saw that. God saw that she loves the God and that she sought after him. And God put two awesome people in her lives with Sherman, uh, her brother, and Sydney, her sister-in-law. Invited her out to service here, and she continued to love the word. And God said, I will let you be, let me be found because of your heart. Because she sought after God, God said, I will reveal to you what the truth is. And the truth is not just loving the word, but to follow the word. And that prompted her to get, be baptized into God's kingdom and really serve her brothers and sisters in the lost. Those type of stories, I mean, fire me up because seeking after God does produce fruit. Amen? It produces a return that we will be very proud of. Teens, as we think about going back to high school, and we still got a little summer left, so let's, let's use it, right? We have much more an opportunity right now to seek after God than any point in our life. Some of us don't have a job. Some of us, well, all of us don't have any kids. So you have an abundance right now of time to really seek after God and start building that foundation that God will bless. Amen. And it doesn't stop with the teens. All of us, we have an opportunity. If we're breathing right now, and it looks like everybody is breathing except for the brother sleep in the back. Everybody, well, he's probably breathing hard. No, nah, nobody sleep back there. Don't turn around. But we're all breathing right now. We all have the opportunity to seek after God and let him be found. And just a few scriptures and chronicles that highlight the power of seeking. In 2 Chronicles 14, verse 4, we read it earlier. It said, he commanded, this is King Asa, he commanded Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and to obey his law and commands. So not only was King Asa seeking after God early in his reign, but he commanded the rest of the nation to do the same. 
and how important it is for us to have, have impact, as we was talking about with the campus students. Not only of us loving God, but prompting others to do the exact same thing. Amen. In 15, verse 2 of Second Chronicles, it says, He went out to meet Asa and said to him, Listen to me, Asa and all Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you. And when you are with him, if you seek him, he will be found by you. If you forsake him, he will forsake you. So it's consequences one way or the other. If we seek after him, we will find him, amen? God is not hiding from us, right? He's right there in the plain day. We just got to open our eyes at times. But he did say if we forsake him, that will be the measure that we get. And in Second Chronicles fifteen twelve, it says they enter into a covenant to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors with all their heart and soul. So they even went as far to have a covenant. The nation of Judah having a covenant of we are going to seek the Lord together. And I just pray that we have that same fire, is that we're just not making a commitment to God to seek after him. But as we talked about a few weeks ago, having the maturity to keep the accountability there as well, amen? Amen. To let people know that, hey, we can make this covenant together to follow God and to seek after God and let him provide the victory, amen? Amen. Lastly, so commit to seeking after God. Lastly, commit to relying on God. I want to tell a quick story about my brother, Mike Madrid. Mike Madrid, I don't know if you don't know him, but he owns a car lot. So he makes his livelihood giving transportation to other people. I wouldn't say giving because he sells the cars, amen, (laughs) but selling the transportation to other people. But a few months ago, he made a sale. He made three sales, and the people were nowhere to be found to pay up. So he had about $25,000, $30,000 worth of merchandise that people wasn't paying. The first thing that went through my mind is like, man, what am I going to do? $30,000 is a lot of money. You know, teens, I was like, man, how many zeros is that? Right? <laughs> it's a lot. Okay. $30,000. And I remember him giving me a call and talking about it. He's like, yeah, it's frustrating, but you know what? God always provides. He relied on God. And even weeks down the line where he's like, hey, man, you know, I still can't find my car. He was like, I'm still relying on God. And then I remember getting a call from him. And then the, the car that cost the most, about an $18,000 car, it showed up. It showed up, and he was like, man, okay, I got most of my money back. Amen. But then the second and the third car showed up as well. And I just want to highlight not only Mike, but God, because God truly does bless us when we rely on him. Amen? Amen. Relying on God. In Second Chronicles verse 14, 11. It says, then Asa called to the Lord his God and said, Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, Lord, our God, for we rely on you and in your name 
we come against this vast army. Lord, you are our God, and do not let mere mortals prevail against you. Sometimes that just needs to be our prayer, right? Is that God, you are God. I'm working in your name. Don't let the enemies prevail against you. And asking that of God, requesting that of God, because when he gives us victory, we want to know it came from him, amen? But knowing that if we commit to seeking after God, if we commit to relying on God, he will see us through, amen? And I want to jump to Psalms chapter 37, verse 39, and read this. Three great passages about strength and continuing to rely on God's strength. In Psalm 37, verse 39, it's up here. It says, but the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. In Psalm 138, 138, verse 3, it says, in the day when I cried out, you answered me, made me bold with strength in my soul. And Apostle Paul said it best in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, or in some translation, who gives me strength. And I want us to be able to read this together. Because how important it is for us to let this seek down into our minds and to our hearts so it can propel our actions that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Being able to say that, being able to proclaim that, number one, we realize it's not going to be our strength that strengthens us, right? Being able to know, have that humble attitude. And number two, that Christ, God, has the strength to propel us. So let's say it all together. Philippians 4.13, we'll read this version up here. It says, and we'll start... With I. (laughs) It says, I can do all things through Christ strengthens me. Let's say it one more time. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's take hold of that promise, amen? Let's take hold of that mindset that Christ will strengthen me and be totally committed to what he has for us. Be totally committed to seeking after God. Being totally committed to relying on God. And God will strengthen each and every one of us. God will strengthen his church. And God will have the glory. Amen? Amen. Amen. We'll close out together singing a song that is more than 100 years old. To Canaan's land, I'm on my way. And so, what, huh? Okay, just so you understand, and those of us too young to get it, when the Israelites were delivered from Egypt, they crossed the Red Sea, which was like baptism. And then you live life, you know, and life's some struggle. But then you get to cross the Jordan River to Canaan, and that's going home to heaven. So that's what we're singing about. To Canaan's land, I'm on my way. We'll sing just two verses. To Canaan's land I'm on my way Where the soul never dies My darkest night will turn to day Where the soul never dies No sound
tears and eyes Where all is love And the soul never dies I'm on my way to that fair land Where the soul never dies Where there will be no parting